previously on The Vice of Issues. Go watch the last episode. Listen to it. Listen yeah, to fuck. it. Yeah, Listen, whatever. <laughs> Part two. You can you can watch it if you want. Yeah. <laughs> just... We're not going to do, like, best of? <laughs> like, he, his old hairy man body. <laughs> I can't believe you, Sly. You can't like this book. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's just plagiarism. It's just plagiarism. So, guys, welcome back. If you listened last week, we uh, had to cut in the middle because we can't sh- fucking shut up for a second. So, uh, we'll drop you right back into probably Sly yelling at us. <laughs> Enjoy. Most definitely. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web, any size, catches seeds, just like guys. Look out, here comes a Spider-Man. So, issue three is, uh, the cover is Octo Octopus standing over uh, what looks like Spider-Man in the coffin. And uh, the issue opens up with... Peter at Ben's uh, and everyone else's graves and saying I couldn't save any of you while Dr. Octopus is digging up their graves. I wanted to read the the first page because it's just like so purposefully dark. Yeah, read it. So it's it's Dr. Octopus and Peter in the graveyard. and uh, Dr. Octopus has been in silhouette this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Peter's narrating. Mary Jane, Aunt May, Uncle Ben, I couldn't save any of you. Never had the power. Never could handle the responsibility. <laughs> when I'm buried beside you, will you tell me why you lied to me? Yep. And he's touching <sighs> yeah. Ben's grave as he says that. It's just like, it's so dark. <laughs> yeah. I, but I, again, I know we were talking about the quality of this book in general. I'm never going to say that this is great writing. However, I think heavy-handed writing can still touch on something that books like Nemesis can't because it's heavy-handed so it's not well done but there is something there that is interesting unlike the boys unlike nemesis but, but here's the thing the reason why i don't respect it that much like i would in most cases but it just feels like it's doing it just because dark knight returns did it doesn't feel like this okay, is okay but, but but think about it aside from dark knight returns think no but like this whole thing i can't this whole story is dark knight returns <laughs> you can't you can't say ignore the fucking everything the story is based on the story is dark knight returns every single page keeps reminding me of it the heart reminds me of it the fucking the, so, so, sounds like you're going great you have ptsd from it you're like i can't i, I can't stop thinking about it i imagine myself reading dark knight this guy changes art style to match frank miller's no his style is his style is always like this it did remind me of like miller's style when i was reading dark knight like the watercolor feel i agree i agree but thinking about Thinking about it on its own, I don't. I can't think though. Is... I can't though. I literally can't. This <laughs> reminds me of a don't, don't hard way. Like if you show me this in the Frank Miller page, I would probably confuse it too. <laughs> I, I thought on its own it wasn't terrible. For me, it gets back to the argument I had last week, where it's like I'd rather have you try and succeed at doing something well than trying and like failing in a bad way. Well, obviously, we would rather have someone try and succeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm saying, I like, that's what I liked about Nemesis is it didn't try and make any statements at all. It was just a super stupid book. I think I hate you, Daryl. Where it's like, this is trying to be, like, really, like, dark and showing, like, how tormented Peter is. So you're saying it's better to just be dumb shit than to try to be good and fail? <laughs> Daryl disagrees with us. But I don't think this is ambitious. To me, this feels like... This feels like it's just going by numbers of what all these fucking stories are like, especially Dark Knight. This but why, like, why, why couldn't this be his imagining of uh, that style book with Peter Parker? Because it's so similar. Like I've read, like, I've, we've read stories like this where it's where it's dark, uh, dystopian future. Ruins is better than this because Ruins is at least something different than this. This is just fucking. I don't see the point of this book when it's just the same, same uh, beats, same themes, same everything. Because Spider, it hasn't been done to Spider Man. You know, I probably, I probably would need to read Dark Knight Returns again in the past because I read it twelve years ago now. I, like, I, it's so, 
it's so far away in my mind that I don't remember the like comparisons enough. Because uh, I was reading this mostly as a standalone thing. Like I was not thinking about Dark Knight Returns. And, I, it's, it's the funny thing is, I'm, I, I, my, my, people watching this might think like I read Dark Knight Returns every day. I love Dark Knight Returns, but I don't. I'm not even a huge fan of Dark Knight Returns. But the thing is, it just bugs me how this it just feels so blatant. Like how much this is aping another person's style. It just yeah, bugs okay. me so much. And I can understand that like, that that can be really uh, irritating. All right, so basically, like Daryl said, it's just dark, dark. Uh, he's over the grave. He's sad. <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson is uh, at the guy's off the politician's office, and politician is like, "Oh, the most uh, powerful man, the mayor of New York." Yeah, <laughs> and then um, uh, he's like, "Oh, I own the Daily Bugle. I am the voice of the city, not you." And J. Jonah Jameson's like, "Then I owe I owe nothing to the city than to cut its throat." And the politician grabs a knife. Says, "What an excellent idea!" And J. Jonah Jameson just instead just grabs a knife and stabs his throat instead. Uh, and the guy's like bleeding out with his with his throat cut. And then and the, J. Jonah Jameson thinks to himself, "What blood?" Because apparently he didn't expect blood to come out. Because yeah, well, this is an important thing. He expected yeah, something. Yeah, he yeah. instead he goes to stab the advisor, and the advisor turns out to be a guy. Uh, basically, when he stabs his knife into him, uh, it, it goes through him, and like black ooze secretes out, and we wonder who that could be. Uh, <laughs> and basically, um, and he and he knew he's. He he knew it was him though, because he says, "There you are." Yeah, uh, and so then we cut to uh, back to Peter, and Peter uh, is like at the grave, and Doctor Octopus's arms grab him, and uh, Doctor Octopus's voice sounds robotic and says, "We, we were we were brothers once, gods of a new age, but like Balder, gods, some blah blah more." Again, uh, this is this is a different different mythology. Balder's a Marvel character, and he's not God of the Sun. Oh, but yeah. he's he's from Norse mythology. I think he was probably referencing. But, but like, in a world where Thor and characters exist, oh, like, you can't, true. like... Well, maybe maybe in this universe they never existed. Boom. Take that. <laughs> Take that, Ryan. Eat shit. Yeah, where are they now, huh? To save the city from this laser beam. <laughs> it's pretty weird to keep switching, uh, like, those like cultural themes like yeah. between issues I, I yeah I, I forgot that it went to Norse just for Doc Ock also they they misspell Ragnarok yeah <laughs> oh wow uh, Ragnarok uh, so um basically uh he, he says he, he sent his arms to uh save Peter and basically he's, uh, it turns out Doc Ock has been dead and he's just a, a robot and his arms are basically doing all the movement and basically he sent his arms as the last will to save Peter before he died and uh, basically, he basically wants. He said, "Return the fire to the heavens, Peter. Bring them all back." As he fucking breaks open Mary Jane's uh, casket and reveals her corpse, which yeah. is so fucking BM. It's so rude. That's what yeah. I'm saying. By this being so dark, is he like drops his dead wife's corpse on him? It's like, come on. <laughs> it's like so excessively dark. Like, yeah, because I think a graveyard scene like this, where he's mourning and reflecting on the, his failures in life, could be really cool. Uh, but it does sometimes just veer into stuff like this where, like, he was already mourning Mary Jane. He was, he could even dig up the corpse himself or something. Yeah. But to have it just, like, smashed and dropped on top of him. Yeah. <laughs> just to bring up the point I brought about earlier, but, like, it just feels, like, too much. Like, there's no other nuance to it. Like, even 1984. Yeah. 1984 is a depressing story. For a lot of that story, uh, they have, like, other things in that story, like his relationship with that girl. Uh, they have an element of hope, like oh, maybe with the proletariat there'll be hope. There's other elements into it. It's not just how much more shit we can t- yeah. cram into every page that can make you more and more depressed. Yeah, just just in case yeah. you guys are listening and wondering, uh, 1984 is way better than this. George oh, yeah. Orwell is a much better writer than fucking <laughs> Carrie Andrews or whatever. Wait, yeah. that that's gonna be my recommendation. Oh, <laughs> that's that's been my favorite book since uh, I, I love that book too. Yeah, it's, it's, so yeah, it's such an amazing book. 
I think you mean 1986, Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> no, that's Sly's favorite book. <laughs> so back to the much shittier book, uh, this book. Uh, basically, um, we, uh, as Mary Jane's corpse is smashed and flying through the air, flashbacks back to the last time we saw her when she was in. Uh, this is easily my favorite scene in the whole book, actually. And and like as I'm watching, reading this again, I do. I do yep. see why you guys like these scenes. Like they I are. really like them. I, I, was, I, was just, I, I was just so like bombarded with depressing moments that I didn't <laughs> uh, uh, really appreciate these but scenes. But they, they go back to the first scene here where he says, like, trampled lilies. I'm sorry, MJ. I promise I, to bring yeah, some I, back. That's why I'm, I'm watching, reading them again. I'm like, these are uh, nice, well-written scenes, and they're, they're the high points of this book. Yeah. And and what, it just it gives it gives more life to him in the first scene where he's he's on the ground as the cops. He doesn't care about anything but those flowers bringing home to MJ, and the cops just stamp on them. It's just like that. He all he can. He's obsessed with this this moment in his life. I, I agree, but like when I first read it, I was just, I was just. No, so, I can see getting burnt out. Like, yeah. it's just too much. Like this seemed me more better if the book was more subtle. Like if the, I, I totally agree. Me- mechanically, one of the things I don't like about this scene is that the narration, what Peter's saying and what MJ's saying, are all different things you have to keep track of. I, I like I like two different things being juxtaposed, but here it's like you have Peter's thoughts, Peter's voice. And Mary Jane Thomas. So. Me- mechanically, like it's a video game. <laughs> this is honestly my least favorite era of writing. This, not era, but like this least favorite style of comic writing, uh, where it's just so hard to follow the flow of the story, where you have to go back and keep going. Like I know, right? And it's actually it's like a pretty well written scene. It, like like Phil pointed out, how important it is to Peter as a character. It just it doesn't flow as well as I feel that it should. I actually disagree. I really like the way the scene switches between the narration and the uh, dialogue, and the reason I why... knew you would, Ryan, and I know why you would. I know, I know why you do. I, I can understand. So the, predictable. I can understand thematic reasons why it's good, but when I'm reading it, no, not thematically. Oh, not thematically. Why? Why then? The the reason why I like this is because the blue narration boxes. So did we set up the scene? I don't remember. No, We've we been talking didn't. about it for so long. It's just Peter at uh, Mary Jane's side as she's dying of cancer. Yeah, she's in the hospital, dying of cancer. It's totally black. The reason why I really like it is the blue narration boxes are Spider-Man's thoughts, and the dialogue is Peter Parker's thoughts. Not modern-day Spider-Man, but, like, basically, here's, like, here's the narration. If if you're Spider-Man, he's looking at her and he says, can you even hear me? Can you hear that sound? Of course not. Police cars, gunshots, someone's dying. I mean, other than you. I'll be back, I promise, as he puts on a Spider-Man mask and leaves the window. I'll bring flesh fl- fresh flowers. Flesh flowers. I'll make a flower flesh from these, from these criminals and bring it to you. That's his great power, great responsibility side. He's saying, I have to go save these people. There's nothing I can do for you here. I want to be here, but I can't. I have to go be Spider-Man. Meanwhile, he's saying, your face was so beautiful, the sky cracked like ice, and I could feel the sun pour down on me like rain. It was all I could do to stop staring. You were so, my chest was too small for what you did to my heart. I wanted to tell you so much, but words didn't have enough, so I tried to show you. But just when you meant the most, just when I thought I could do it, I screwed up. So that's Peter trying to make peace with MJ's death, while Spider-Man is like, there's still more work to be done. I think that's really effective. Me too. I feel that's fine thematically, but reading it panel by panel doesn't come across. It's, yeah. it's more like uh, schizophrenic. I think that that's kind of the point, though. If you compare this to a movie, uh, like I'll compare this to like what was what was that fucking asshole, uh, Terrence Malick, where he always has these weird edits. Like he cuts from a fucking um, a character in in Utah, and it cuts to the sun, and then it cuts to dinosaurs, and you, you could be like, oh, but thematic is about life and all this, and then like I'm like, okay, but but this, is, this this isn't a movie though. In comics, it's it's easier to do. This. I'm saying I'm saying 
you could say all these things about thematically and all and, all, and like uh, uh, like why this works and why it doesn't. But when I'm reading the story, it just takes me out of the scene. It makes me keep stopping and starting. I I really liked it from a meta reason because I felt Peter's struggle of which voice do I listen to. But I will say you reading Spider-Man's and then reading Peter's made it a lot more impactful than it originally was for me. Like like having it in one Yeah, I agree too. I when you when you read it with one thing it made it more impactful. Okay. I think we have to like I really like the way it's juxtaposed. Right like the story's first time I read it. Don't trust his opinion. Sorry, this story's not bad. I will say I'm gonna say it's not bad. Uh fuck you. I think it's bad. Fuck, fuck. I feel like it could have been done better with something where you have Peter saying the things to her and then in the background is the stuff that's going on or like you focus in on stuff that's Isn't going that what's on. happening? What? Isn't it in the background of the panel? No, it's in the narration. I mean, there's the wee-wee and blam-blam, but you could have put the narration because it's police cars, gunshots, someone dying, other than you. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, you could you could do all that stuff visually. You don't need the narration. Yeah, you don't need the narration yeah, there. Yeah, less is more here. You could have done this without the narration at all. The, the, this is another reason why I didn't like this style, because the narration is usually needless. It's like we talk about too much words. This is new, too much words for me. This I'd rather have more dialogue than more... Uh, Self-important. We're allowed. We're allowed to disagree, guys. No, we're not. <laughs> no, this is conformity issues. Where we <laughs> all agree. Okay. So anyway, this is my favorite scene. Now let's make it super weird. Basically, with like the equivalent of the butt sex joke in no, issue. This one. was not as weird as. Okay. So you like this scene? Philip, you read it. You read it. Describe it. Read it. Okay. Uh, okay. I'm not saying I like the scene, but let me tell you how. Let me tell you how you sold this. This book is your favorite me. scene, Phil. <laughs> so what the scene is is him holding Mary Jane's body. And he says, I'm sorry. In modern under- times, she's a rotted corpse. Right, right, right. So we're in the future. With now. all of her hair. He's an old man. Yeah, it's really weird. Uh, but it's just iconic, you know, I guess. Um, the doctors <laughs> didn't understand how, how it happened, how you'd been poisoned with radioactivity, how your body became slowly riddled with cancer. And he says, I did. I was. I am filled with radioactive blood. Not just blood, every fluid. Touching me, loving me, loving me killed you. So the way Sly told this book to me is that's the book where Spider-Man's cum kills Mary Jane. That is that is not a fair way to. That's what su- Ryan described it. Fuck it. Ryan's on the Reddit. So wait, 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 wait. Before you disparage this, this is how it was suggested to us by a fan. Yeah, okay. So, so Phil's saying fuck all you fans. So no, I'm not saying fuck fans. I'm just I'll, saying, I'll, I'll just scapegoating. It wasn't me. It was some other guy. I'm just saying to, to sell this book as the one where Spider-Man's cum kills Mary Jane. It he basically says I was radioactive, so I gave you cancer, which is totally. Okay. A, a believable thing. Here's the thing. I like this conceptually a lot. Having Spider-Man, just his powers, killing someone he loves, and him saying, loving me killed you, and him having to deal with that guilt, I think is a fascinating concept, and I I think that that's totally fine. In fact, I think that's cool. But cool's not the right word. It's awesome. It's interesting. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. By yeah. specifically saying, and not just blood, every fluid, Yeah. that one bubble makes it bizarre it yeah gross. it makes it gross all, all he had to say was i am radioactive like that's enough because then because then the next bubble like a spider crawling up inside your body and laying a thousand eggs of cancer by saying guys i'm talking about cum <laughs> it makes it really yeah, yeah. weird and that imagery goes from being effective from being like it's a spider metaphor to being a cum thing and it's gross yeah. but I think it's also it's just a gross scene in general because Mary Jane's corpse starts like ripping his face off with her tongue yeah and Peter's not crazy he's imagining Mary Jane ripping off his face but he's not crazy alright he's crazy he's crazy is that what you wanted to hear yes <laughs> No, it's like Sly won't stop until he says as crazy as the Joker is. I will make you say it, Phil. You'll say it one day. <laughs> say it. Swear to me. I'm as crazy as the Joker. 
<laughs> One thing that does stand out here is he does say, I came back with flowers, but your bed was already empty. Yeah. And she's her corpse. He's imagining her corpse saying, you didn't let me finish because she mutters, please go before she, you know, before he leaves in the previous scene. And she said, I tried to tell you, go get him, Tiger. Meaning, like, not get away from me, you killed me, but, like, go be Spider-Man. That's why I love you. Why? One of the things I don't understand about this scene is, like, in the last page, she's eating his face. Like, it's his guilt taking over. The zombie stuff is bizarre. And then it's just, like, a switch where she's like, actually, no, I still, like, I love you. I want you to be Spider-Man. I don't, like, regret my time with you. But nothing prompted him to switch. Yeah, nothing prompted him. Yeah, that's really weird. Those two scenes could work with some kind of transition. Yeah. Because obviously, like you said, it's supposed to be the guilt consuming him, but then it just stops consuming him, and he didn't come to any resolution. Except, I guess, maybe admitting it, like, I'm a liar, I'm a piece of shit. Well, no, she says, you know, he accepts that she was saying, go be Spider-Man, not hold me till I die. But what what prompted him to, to come to that realization? I don't know. That's what's weird. Shitty writing. Doc Ock grabbing her corpse and dragging it yeah. into a grave. Oh, now like, I get it. Thanks, yeah. Doc Ock. You see, Doc Ock is the hero of the story. He's the Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> just, just like J.J. Jameson, he's like, uh, Doc Ock in the grave is like, just a corpse cake Kaiku. Doc Ock. So, okay, he does say, uh, how did they know what was buried with you? And that's important. That's the only other thing that matters. But so then uh, we cut to the girl and she has a, uh, she thinks about that Kiru died. The, the hacker the boy hacker. Who, le- who led her into the alley and showed her James Jones Jameson's truth church of children. Yeah, those two scenes they had together. Yeah, she has a mask, and like uh, this is important because she's going to start writing the mask because she's a vigilante. I mentioned before. And she's telling a joke. Uh, yeah. Uh, what is it about the camp? The two campers says we can't outrun bears, and the one camper says to the other, "Well, I can outrun you, and that's all that matters." But she's telling a joke like Spider Man. Yeah, she's yeah. she's a yeah. wisecracking. Robin to his Batman. Yeah, like you yeah. know, Batman's a Robin, right, guys? <laughs> so like when we talk about the, the basically come back to reporters and like I know what he's trying to go for, like it's so heavy handed because like I said, it's Botox, Jimmy Olsen, but like their eyes are so s- s- closed, like especially like the black soulless faces, but they look like it looks ugly. It doesn't. No, look- it looks like they're being forced into it because later on in book four, uh, the Jimmy Olsen guy breaks. I don't remember that, and I read this like two yeah, hours yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. It's just thing. I forgot most of his book. Uh, so yeah, so then they're like, "Oh, um, terrorists are bad. We're going to. We have the web. We're safe at last." They they make another name drop, like in ancient mythology. Olympus is watching <laughs> over us again. How many times in fucking in regular politics do people drop fucking Olympics references? Whatever. Uh, how many times in regular politics do you put a laser web around a city to protect yeah. it from who? Yeah. Terrorists, Rap- rapists. The terrorists yeah. are in the city, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so the guy survives. The politician is back with James Jones Jameson. Survived having his throat slit. Uh, he's getting his throat batched up, and it turns out uh, Eddie Brock is the advisor, and James um, Jameson knew. And uh, he's like, "Oh yeah, it's me, Eddie Brock." And like, and, but now everything just is going to plan because, as we all know, first of all, we all know uh, Venom. Eddie Brock is the master planner. He's the, he's Peter Parker's master planner. <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you guys. Like, that's me and Daryl were talking about that. We were like, 
Is Venom the type of villain to plan this type of police state? Yeah, to be state? like, I need to rule a, like, establish police state inside of New York City. His whole thing is, I'm gonna go to Peter Parker and punch him in the face. Yeah, like, he, yeah. All, he, all he ever did was troll Peter. That's, like, his only thing. Like, he knows who Peter is. So he just... What's more trolling than setting up a dystopian future for you to live in? <laughs> just for Peter. So, well, not just for Peter. And I know why, I know, this is why Argus guy doesn't probably, you know, Spider-Man. Because a lot of new fans have this idea... That uh, the the arch nemesis of Spider Man is Venom. He is the Joker to uh, Spider Man's um, uh, Batman. He's literally only that in maybe three issues at most, and not not even that. He's he's never been a personal. He's been he's he knows Peter's personal life, but he's never done any serious, serious damage to Peter's personal life. He's never done any damage to Peter's like uh, standing in the city. He's never like taken over the city. He's never done any of that level. The, only, the villain who is that who is the Joker to his uh, uh, Batman has always been Green Goblin. Yeah. He, Green Goblin has has killed one of Spider Man's love of his lives. He's taken his best friend from him, Harry Osborn. He's through through uh, that his legacy. He's basically uh, he became a political figure in comics and ruined Peter's reputation in the comics. Uh, he has done all this shit to Peter, and he's not even the story at all. And, and the problem the problem is. He, to do that, to make it Green Goblin, he would have to be so fucking old. Oh, like J. Jonah Jameson, who's older than him, or like, or like Harry Osborn, who is not in the story at all. Peter's best friend. I was gonna say it could have been. Uh, yeah, it could have been. The he could have been the mayor. Yeah. One yes. of the things I like, I thought would have been cool is that the mayor, because the mayor's revealed just to be like figurehead. As I say, he's a he's a lackey. Yeah, he's just the figurehead here. If I thought the mayor, his goal was that he wanted to trap Venom in the city to keep him from getting out. He's like a self-sacrifice, but no, it's the mayor is actually dumb. He's like, I thought you were going to protect the city. Because Venom's not going to protect the city. It's so crazy that you could convince uh, the mayor of New York City, like, hey, I'm an alien symbiotic life form that wants to eat all humans. If you let me rule the place, I'll protect New York. And all they have to do is just be like, the symbiote is controlling him. But no, they're like, he's just a fucking moron. Like, he's so dumb. And this is what, like, now he gets convinced, like, oh, I'm really dumb. But it takes all of this to happen. And also, so the main plan is to set up the web and basically Venom will now eat everyone in the city because they can't leave. <laughs> Even though Venom's whole thing is he tries to protect innocence from a warped morale. Yeah. Oh, another thing. Venom has been uh, a hero more than, uh, much longer than he's been a villain. But like, uh, J. Jonah Jameson does say you've changed and he says in the years, we all changed Jonah. You grew old, I grew lonely and hungry. That's true. So you could, you could argue like over time this alien body wanted food that's true whatever whatever i'm saying i'm saying they they do give you yeah. a way to to justify it you could fansplain it if you want but i just i just think about this and it's like that's another reason why i hate this because it doesn't feel like P- spider-man grown old like uh, trying to be definitive peter grown old story it just feels like uh it just feels like this guy doesn't know spider-man that well like to make venom like this and you have to fansplain to make it really work yeah i think that's fair yeah i'll agree yeah I also kind of wish the story stuck to the the dystopian future kind of thing rather than because now we're doing a huge plot shift over to now Venom starts spreading out like parts of himself throughout the city to attack people and take them That's a flaw with superhero comics in general that there's a flaw that's not mandatory. It's a flaw that isn't mandatory, but it happens a lot where it's here's this big political story I'm trying to tell or an emotional story, but at the end, the last issue better be a hero punching a villain. Especially because, like, the first issue where they're talking about all those nursery rhymes that are gone now, where they're saying, like, these are allegories for actual political figures at the time. 
Yep. And that this could have yeah. been it, that, but at, in the end, it's like, oh, no, it's actually a, an alien symbiote that's in control of the city. I know I know what you're saying, Ryan, but, like, especially coming out in 2006, like... Oh, it makes it bad. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's a trope I hate. Like, if this happened in 1964, where you literally can't sell a comic on the stands without having a... On the, on the front page to advertise this is a traditional superhero fight... Nowadays, I think readers are more nuanced. You yeah. can get away with it. Yeah, no, I'm saying it's a trope that sucks and that, like, I think it's always worth pointing out, but this is hardly the only book that does yeah. this. Yeah, it's just that in, in 2006, with the current political climate in the U.S., like, you could totally make this a critique on the Patriot Act st- type stuff and to, yeah. to halfway through issue three be like, actually, it's aliens. Like... <laughs> yeah. It's like what we were talking about in the discrimination one. is yep. like when you make a political point, like, no, it's magic. Like, yeah, it, yeah, it was just a hate ray. Normal people are better than that. America would never give up freedom for security unless Venom made him, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Venom, too, of all people. The master yeah. planner. Sign the Patriot Act, guys. <laughs> but, but um, so, uh, like Daryl suggested, um, Venom starts growing, and basically, this is another thing he never did. He never would grow and start eating all of Manhattan, <laughs> but he basically becomes like Godzilla and starts destroying Manhattan. No, many of him. He shoots out, like, these yeah. million, like, Venom beasts. Yeah, he, he becomes yeah. Legion. They flood throughout all of New York City and just start, like, absorbing people. And the cops are at this point are like, uh, what? They're killing people. Meanwhile, Spider-Man is crawling into MJ's coffin. Yeah. He says, I'm going home. Yeah, and, and Sandman, <laughs> yeah. the leader of the cops now, is like, the mayor told us to uh, protect the building and we'll, your families will be safe. And they're watching, like, babies getting eaten yeah. and, like... And this is another great thing. Phil uh, uh, just mentioned Sandman as leader of the cops. This is the third issue. Now prepare for Sandman to become a character all of a sudden. Yeah. So... The 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 monster the venom monster she's after uh, the Carrie Kelly story and she runs to church the venom symbiote's eating everyone in the church but then Carrie Kelly realizes uh, the gong that that they have in the church that uh, that everyone uh, was supposed to cover this is why they were outlawing church yeah and basically because venom is weak to sound is that a thing yeah in Spider-Man three is how he gets the symbiote off him he bangs him against the church bells oh. Okay. It's funny because they actually in the Sinister Six, ironically enough, there's a comic where Sinister Six make fun of Venom and like uh, Electro makes fire around him. And he's like, you, you're really weak to fire and sound. Wow, you're a pussy. And they all just make fun of him. <laughs> and they like, at least let's just pussy alone. And they walk away and he's just like, he's just crying. Like, that's me. probably why he wants to kill the whole city. Yeah, he's like, fuck you, Sinister Six. Now you're my bitch. He's like, put bombs on your head, you piece of shit. <laughs> so um, yeah, so the the the, the giant. Uh, a bell makes the venom symbiote disperse and everyone in the church survives. Okay, now the only thing, I'm not going to make this reference every time, but for the remainder of the book, another issue and a half, every other panel basically has a big white letter that just say dong. <laughs> dong. Because the bell rings for the rest of the story. Yeah. So just all scenes now just have dong, dong. And I know I'm a child, <laughs> but it's so many dongs. Yep. Yeah. Every day, in my life, so many dongs. <laughs> yeah. But um, now, uh, to complete the Dark Knight rip- ripoff, uh, now Carrie Kelly creates an army of people in mass to rise up and create a revolution in the city. All we yeah. need is uh, the the rain cops to say, they're too big, we can't stop them, too, they're too big, and they'll be a perfect ripoff. <laughs> that's, that's something that people say around people, too. Too big, we can't stop them. People say, there's so many dongs. Dong. Dong. <laughs> oh, wait, to go back to what you were saying before... I think Peter actually wanted to kill himself in this coffin. He wanted to die, probably. Yeah. Well, because he says, like, I'm ready for it, the end of it all. It's so dark, so quiet. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Okay. He wasn't going to kill himself. He just wanted to die. 
That's why I was saying it's dark, because he's like, I'll crawl in my own coffin and die. Uh, he's just been rolling around in a graveyard with his wife's corpse dumped on him as he remembers how he killed her. And he just sees his dead foster parents, too. So he's probably like, fuck, my life has been a fucking waste. Yeah. It's, it's like, understandable. But so. he hears the bells, and he realizes people are standing up. I actually, first he thinks, well, somebody shut up those fucking do- damn yeah. bells. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, there's too so much dogs everywhere. Fucking annoying. And then he jumps out of his... Coffin wearing the traditional red and blue. Because before yeah. he was wearing the black, we forgot to mention. He's wearing the black. No, we again. mentioned it. We, we mentioned it the first time, but not the second time. Oh, uh, yeah. So now, but now we, for the first time in the whole story, he's wearing the red and blue as the Venom symbiotes develop and everything. And the people, the the, the church crew and Carrie Kelly. Uh, and he sings, Here Comes the Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> Which, again, he was just in a coffin about to die. He definitely, he definitely, yeah. he definitely has multiple personalities. Like <laughs> one page later, yeah, he's yeah. like, "Yeah, here comes Spider Man." It's impossible that he doesn't have like a, another <laughs> compartmentalized personality. Yeah, yeah, because like, like, like that's why he annoyed me because it does suggest like this is the true Spider Man after b- being buried under Peter's uh, emo ness. But like that works for Batman because Batman is Bruce Wayne is the match for Batman's like way of dealing with his parents' death. He's Batman's also always like dour. He's always sad. Like, he's never like, oh, I'm going to crack jokes. It's, that's why it's so weird to go from, like, really dark graveyard scenes to him singing his own song. Yeah. I think he leans on Spider-Man to, like, mask his insecurities, but not to this level. And, no, and also, like, he is Peter, and the only reason he stays Spider-Man, like, he quits being Spider-Man more times than any hero ever quits being a hero. Spider-Man no more. Yes, that's, that's I've heard so many times, but the reason he does, he's not naturally Spider-Man. He is Spider-Man because... With great power comes great responsibility. He gives it up and he realizes this horrible thing happened while I wasn't, while I wasn't Spider-Man. Just like what happened with Uncle Ben. I have this power. If I don't do anything, I can't live with myself. He hates being Spider-Man a lot of times, but he does it because he has to. It's not who he truly is. It's who he has to be. Yeah. And that's that's never once like actually brought up in this book. No, it's it? not at all. No. Nope. Yeah. So, so basically the police are having a stand-up with the dong people. <laughs> Because they're like, no dongs in the city. And he's like, we have a big dong. We're going to bring it all we want. <laughs> God damn it. And, and Venom knows somehow. He's like, Spider-Man's coming. And he tells the yeah. Sinner Six, uh, let's split up and go throughout the building so we can all 1v1 him. Like, yeah. so, so, <laughs> make, us make it fair because we don't want to make it unfair. Yeah. <laughs> well, they already beat him up all together. They, they, they know he's so weak. They can take him off one by one. Yeah, they're fucking old too. I have to point out issue four is my favorite cover out of all of them because it's reference to that classic uh, uh, a painting of Kronos eating his children. Oh, I didn't catch that. That's really that's good. Oh yeah, and it's Venom, a giant Venom eating Spider-Man. So they do stick with the Greek mythology several times. When it wants, what, what, yeah, when it feels like it. Phil would know better than me because he knows Greek mythology. Was Kronos an alien symbiote? Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Oh, okay. oh yeah, you know very little, I guess, about Greek mythology if you didn't. The know Titans that. were all symbiotes. <laughs> Actually, all Greeks are alien descendants. Yeah. That's why we're so strong and have such big dongs. <laughs> Dong. Daryl, uh, issue four. All right, so issue four. So, search of the bird flying into the electric barrier and dying. Because <laughs> <laughs> of course it does. And, and there's the narration. The price of freedom, the price to soar, is small. All they ask you for are your wings. And in in the background is like this... Uh, Automated... 
voice. Yeah, voice telling the city. It's like, please remain calm. The web system has been activated. You are safe now. Please remain calm. Thank you for your patriotism. We're dealing with the rioters and looters. Dong! There is no war. <laughs> there is no war in Bossing Say. Dong! Yeah, and then it's it's Spider-Man. Dong! Yeah, there's oh, there's still dongs. It's dongs for a while. Wait, you didn't, you didn't finish the narration. Oh, of the... All they ask you for is your wings, but not all creatures ask to fly. Some are content to crawl. Like who? <laughs> and it's Spider-Man crawling up a building. And then he sees there's the Sinister Six waiting for him. Or, excuse me, Sinister Six waiting for him inside of a building. <laughs> With all these bells, they, people keep saying it's like a marriage or a funeral. They make this joke like three times. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's, it's kind of strange how the, the writer doesn't realize, like, you only have to do that kind of stuff once. <laughs> like... Yeah. When you when you repeat it, it's it, not like this is a thousand page book where like it needs to be reminded. You're kind of like you lose some of the effectiveness each time you repeat it. Oh, this is another, another example of the overwritten style that this yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of funny too because there's only like one or two text bubbles per frame, but there's still always like some needless information you don't need to convey. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, now we're the little girl still dinging her dong, and <laughs> uh, and she says. That noise is the sound of free will, free thought. It's the sound of freedom. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really patriotic. <laughs> like, yeah, of course. Duh, we get it. We get it. And then Sandman's like, uh, we're going to kill you if you don't leave. And he keeps saying it. And then uh, Venom upstairs is getting real grumpy. And he's telling him, it's like, please shoot those kids. Yeah. I can't <laughs> handle all these dogs. And and the and the, the 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 police realize they make the connection that the dong's keeping the venom symbiote at bay, but they're still like the, the politicians said to kill those kids and turn off the dong, so let's do it because we want we want to die too, I guess. And and somehow Mayor Waters is still buying this, where he's like, "We're protecting yeah. the city. Uh, <laughs> there's a cost for protection. We have to kill those kids." As as a black symbiote is eating people. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> there's a, yeah. an ocean eating all of New York City, and he's like, "We're protecting the city." And now Sandman's experiencing, like, a moral crisis because he's like, uh, th- these are civilians. They're not monsters. And uh, the mayor's like, these civilians are terrorists. Disarm them of this weapon and protect the tower. And he's like, no, they're children. And he's like, you have to do it or I'll blow you up. So he's like, all right, you got yeah, it. And then that's, he's like, that's the big turning point where he's like, I will blow you up if you don't do it. But then he's like, he pleads with them again. It's like four pages of pleading where he's like, please yeah. just leave. And here's a line I found really weird, where the, the Kara Kelly says, "Let me tell you a thing about hope. Hope has three daughters: anger at the state things have fallen into, courage to, to fight to make things right, and the third daughter is truth." And I'm like, "This is like a seven-year-old kid who talks like this." <laughs> also, like that's a fucking so heavy-handed and obnoxious. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. The daughter is truth, and Sandman realizes this is his daughter. That's another thing, though. Yeah. I think, yeah. uh, like. Hope's daughters being truth, anger encourages from something. Is it? Yeah, but like yeah. it doesn't really apply here. This is like this is like a, this is like a six-year-old kid saying it too. I know. I just think I'm dumber than a six-year-old kid. <laughs> the writers are like, w- or, wouldn't it be cool if we <laughs> included this? Included in the narration, don't have the fucking dialogue say. Yeah. Especially when it's like a, a ten-year-old. Yeah. Well, anyway, she turns into a rock person. Cement. Yeah. Rock lobster. Yeah. <laughs> And then all, all of the, the guys uh, around Sandman, all the other soldiers are like, she's an illegal, cut her down. Which is very poignant commentary for modern day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they start opening fire on everyone, and it stops the dongs. 
my little cement girl, my magni- my magnificent little cement girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you if you're if you're Sandman, that might be like you know touching to you. I thought I thought this was like such a weird. <laughs> if you're made thing of sand, to, if you're a sand person, you you might be related to that. To tie her <laughs> into the story, to be to be like to introduce Sandman's daughter as like a main character. Not only that, but like have this be an important thing where she's only mentioned her stepdad before. So it's like, all right, you establish that she cares about her stepdad, not her real dad. And also, like I said, Sandman wasn't a character until issue, the end of issue three. Until this issue, yeah. Like, why now? Like, I know Sandman makes this actually makes sense. This is one thing that does suggest he knows the character because Sandman is one of the more sympathetic Spider-Man villains. But yeah. why now? So his his daughter is basically all shot up. Like her arms, she's split in half. Her arms have been blown off. She's all still cement, so there's no blood. And so he gets mad and he starts like throwing all the cops away and protecting her. And the symbiotes are going crazy because they have nothing stopping them now. And then we <laughs> cut over back to uh, the Sinner Six, and Electro is going crazy. Is he actually like this crazy in the comics? Electro isn't really crazy. He's usually just a loser. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can't test that in the NES game because he's the first boss you fight. <laughs> okay. So Spider-Man breaks through the window into the building and kicks Electro. And then he's like, hi, here comes Hydro-Man. <laughs> and I'm going to zap. He's going to get you wet. Then I'm going to zap you. He doesn't even do anything to beat them. He's standing there and Electro slips in the water. Like, I guess Hydro-Man's like piss or whatever. No, he webs him. He webs him. Yeah, he webs him. Oh, does he web but- him? Is, was Hydro Man in the Sinister Six? Like he wasn't—he wasn't released from the vault or anything. Like who? Where did he come from? No, this is the first time he's been mentioned because he wants to make this gag about how electricity conducts water. Well, let me reverse that. Water conducts electricity. <laughs> <laughs> electricity's making water. You just have a big electric pole and it's just <laughs> sucking all the water out. Anyway, and then we have uh, Scorpion, who's using his tail to to get thrown out the window. <laughs> I. Yeah, like Spider Man had like no empathy for a man falling to his death. The old man suddenly looks three years old, crying for his mommy. Almost feels sorry for the guy, and then it zooms in on Spider Man <laughs> squinting and goes, "Almost," he says out loud. And he looks like he really doesn't want to fall to his death, too. Yeah, <laughs> of course he's falling. <laughs> it's to weird. <laughs> it's weird, but this guy doesn't want to fall to his death. It's just oh. weird for like a, you usually think superheroes save them and then wait for the cops to incarcerate them instead uh. of just like. Whatever. The cops <laughs> are the cops are letting symbiotic aliens kill all of New York City. That's true. Anyway, uh, he turns around and he like his head starts feeling woozy, and he that smell that laugh. I know that laugh, and it's someone laughing at him. Someone with red hair, and she's saying, "You're a failure. Ha ha ha. I never loved you. Ha ha ha. You're nothing but a." And then he punches her in the face. <laughs> he calls her a bitch, which I was surprised. <laughs> Shut your trap, bitch, and punches her in the face. Oh, it's well, Mysterio. Yeah, because he probably is like, whoever's imitating her can shut the fuck off. No, I, I, I can imagine that he reverted to his old behavior and he's like, this is how he actually acts. <laughs> yeah. I just, I like that he, uh, I, I'd like to think that he's like, I know my wife's a rotted corpse. That's who I've been snuggling with all night. This isn't my wife. Also, I find it funny in this comic that they can't, like, bitches blurred out, like, it's censored with the symbols. But twice, Jonah Jameson talks about Venom raping the city. Well, it's yeah. different, because rape yeah. is, like, a thing. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> bitches, bitches too far. But rapes, like, that's that just happens. Well, because it's not considered an expletive. Like, you can talk about rape in school. You're not going to call people a bitch in school. I People called me a bitch in school all the time. <laughs> I'm saying, uh, as a teacher, I you will talk about... I stand by what I said. <laughs> Your kids are bitches. <laughs> 
And also, so Peter has been mourning his wife this whole time, and then he cracks a joke about it. Some advice. Don't dress up like a dead man's wife unless he pays you Yeah, to. it's that. Yeah. <laughs> really weird coming from a man that was just in her car. Really weird tone shift, unless <laughs> yeah. he actually yeah. does have split personality. And then, and then we cut back to Sandman holding his daughter, and she's like, "Glad to meet you, Dad." And he's telling her to focus, to pull her pieces back together, because if she was a true sand person, <laughs> she can do it. No daughter of mine will fall apart. So then she's. It's like it's too late for her. Also, okay, I, this is one line I want to point out. How fucking... This is what I mean about on the nose. I'll hold them close then. Now feel each part of your body reassembling, each separate thing melting back together, joining. And then he looks at the camera and he goes, like sand. Like, yeah, we get it. We get it. You're Sandman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it cuts to... Uh, who's this guy? Hunter? Craven. Craven Hunter. Sly's favorite Spider-Man villain. This guy? I'll get to him in my during my recommendation more. Spoilers. Okay, and then this guy's sniffing the fear toxin because he talks about how some African warriors eat toxic mushroom before they go into battle to poison themselves before the fight so that fear will be on their side. Definitely not true, by the way. No warriors ever <laughs> poison themselves before they go fight. No, but no, that's actually that's true. Uh, I've Is actually, it? Uh, there's actually warriors in Africa, they lick frogs to uh, get the high before they go into combat. But they don't die. It's like how Sly does a bunch of meth right before he records. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why he's always so aggressive. That's, that's why he's so amped up all the time. That's why they have a character. I'm like, this is me. I thought yeah. he was. I thought he was saying that he, they poison themselves, like they're, that they're going to die no matter what. No, no, like poison themselves so uh, they're like, yeah, they're like yeah. high. Okay, like like hallucinogenic types. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. Okay. Since Spider Man's like, that's a pretty good idea. So he <laughs> <laughs> he lifts up his mask and takes a big snort. And then they go to run at each other, and then he, like, sees all of his past, the family members they let down. There's, like, there's May, who says, You left me alone and penniless for that red-headed witch. Which I guess his fear is that May didn't like Mary Jane. Uh, yes. No, that he abandoned her for, like, the super sexy yeah. thing. Yeah. And not, and not hot enough anymore, Peter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about it in the Trouble episode that May, May has a Peter fetish. Yeah. <laughs> uh... And then there's, uh... <laughs> Uncle Ben saying you didn't even have the guts to pull the trigger. You should have killed me. You should have shot me, Peter. Yeah. I think he, I think because Peter Peter feels like he's responsible. Yeah, instead of like you didn't save me. Yeah, Peter feels like he's responsible for his death. But there's a difference. No, but in his mind, it's in his mind he killed Uncle Ben by not saving. But wouldn't him. it make more sense? If he, wouldn't it make more sense just if I'm to be like you're too busy fucking saving you asshole? Like you fucking too busy being a wrestler, a movie star? Fuck you. Yeah, I suppose it's just way more direct. Being yeah. like you should have just yeah. killed me because you did. And then it's Mary Jane saying, I never loved you. I only felt sorry for you. And then Jonah Jameson saying, you're a coward in his Hitler outfit. <laughs> he's been saying Spider-Man's a coward since, like, issue three. Like, that's not... Yeah, he's not, he doesn't feel bad about yeah. that. And then he smiles and narrates, but you, like, what does uh, Craven Hunter see? And it's a big rhino charging at him. <laughs> yeah, real deep. And then, so, <laughs> Craven, like, I guess passes out, and Spider-Man dumps 16 web cartridges on him. <laughs> Yeah, so it's this big, just, like, pencil black, like, yeah. marked uh, ball of just circles. It look, it's, it really looks weird, artistically. It's also weird because he kills Scorpion, but then this guy, and this guy just... That's why, like, he's like, I, I gotta leave him alive. Yeah. And in a very 60s goofy way, too. Yeah. And then uh, Sandman realizes that, like, all the symbiotes leave, and he looks down, and his daughter's dead. Yeah, which to me was like a really yeah. like dark because she was like one of the main characters more than like Sandman was, but now she was 
she had to die for him to go up to the. Yes, yeah, she's actually motivated him. Woman encouraged much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In fact, in fact, this whole book is just women motivating men to move the plot. That's a good point. <laughs> she's the only female character, I think. Mary Jane. <laughs> She's a ghost. Yeah. I know, I know. She's the only living female character. I would argue that the girl is actually a character, though. Yeah. yeah. And she, like, starts the resistance. She stands up to the police. She creates all the dongs. Then she dies to motivate Sam, man. Yep. Yeah. To give them some credit, though, it's not like fridging is, like, a new comic thing. Like, it's, like, all fiction throughout history. Has and been... this guy is referencing an era where that was common. But they didn't... I don't think they introduced her just for that. Yeah. She actually yeah. does drive the plot. I think so, too. It, it, she's introduced Sandman's daughter just for that. Because, again, yeah. this wasn't mentioned yeah. anything. Like, even her having powers wasn't yeah. in the past three That's issues. True. And That's then true. suddenly she has powers and then dies with them. I actually like it. I like her better without the powers because I'm like, oh, she's just a victim of circumstance. She's not, like, a chosen one, but she's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And also, I'm, I'm supposed to, I, I felt like initially it was supposed to represent the common man rising up, but nope, it's Sam people rising up. Yeah, it's like only <laughs> super-powered people can do things of heroic. This, you know, the Sam people uh, travel single file to hide their numbers, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's because there's only one left now, though. It's because of the fucking Anakin Skywalker. You fucking mass murderer. <laughs> yeah. And the cops are killing all the younglings. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically just a <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson is like the last Jedi. Yeah. He tells this guy, uh, works it done, go home, hug your kids, which I like because like, suddenly Sandman realizes it's like, oh, people have families. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. <laughs> so Spider-Man gets up to the top building. He says, I'll be with you soon, MJ. You say the hardest things about life aren't opening doors. It's walking through them when they open for you. So then he goes in to see... And he goes, did anyone order a meat lover's deep crust pizza? <laughs> a door opens for him that he walks yeah, through. Yeah, right after that. There'd be a cool scene of, like, the two Spider-Man's eyes and Venom's eyes. Yeah, and I love these yeah. panels. Venom's all crazy looking because he's Venom. It's just, it's completely black except their eyes and Venom's yeah. teeth. Yep, and then Venom's... But, but I hate this part because basically he's basically like... Oh, you left me alone to by myself after you. I was attached to you, and I was alone in the city, and I was lonely, and I did this all just to get back at you. Uh, that is that is the most true to Venom's character that this book has had this whole time. It it is, but uh, that's the motivation, not like Green Goblin or anything else, not like not like Harry Osborn or something like Doctor Octopus, maybe someone who like is more of a main antagonist. It's the symbiote feeling lonely. That's the main cause of this. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a stupid reason for this whole plot to happen, but this is the most... He says, he says, you brought me here, lured me from another world, and then left me to die. I know, but, like, does that dramatically have anything interesting to do with the story? Like, like, does it have anything to inform Peter himself? Yeah, because now he wants to trap everyone else in the city, same thing he did. Yeah, and to its credit, I, this this is something we did look over. Is on the, the next page, Venom says, I'm the one responsibility that you shirked. I mean, just like how with great power. But I think it's a stretch to make the, the main villain. Like, Oh, no, I agree that having that be the main drive for the whole plot is ridiculous, but having it be Venom's motivation I think is fine. Okay, that's fair. This book is actually great. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. So then uh, Venom and uh, Peter start fighting. They fight for a long time. Yeah, it's. I, I think the fighting is pretty cool. And what's great is uh, Peter tells the mayor he's like, "You lived your life in servitude to an alien life form that has just ingested dozens of people. You call that okay?" And then the mayor is finally like, "Oh, this isn't right." And he runs away, saying, "Screw this." 
That's what breaks him. Not telling the cops, shoot the pol- shoot the civilians that are protecting yeah. the rest of the civ- Shoot the children. Yeah, shoot kids that are stopping aliens from eating New York City. Now he's like, hey, you know, that's an alien eating New York City. And he's like, ah! <laughs> the, mayor, the mayor runs. Runs into Sandman. And he's like, I, I was just trying to protect the city. That's what they told me. I was just trying to protect, I was just trying to do my job. Aren't you the one who loves this story, Phil? No, I was joking when I said it. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> I'm going to make that your only quote. Really. Edit out all your dialogue and say, the story's great. Just have just edit in Phil saying, I love this. I love this part. This is my <laughs> yeah. This story's great. George R.R. R. Martin sucks. <laughs> George R.R. Martin, eat your heart out. K.R. Andrews is a new way of life. New way of life. So then Sandman's like, I have, uh, I have something. I, you got something I want and there's something I have to do. And then it cuts back to Peter who's having another. Uh, I think that this is the best art in the whole book. It's the most, like, uh, yeah. normal. It's white background of Peter and MJ, and basically it's a flashback to when Peter's, like, uh, you know, a shrimpy nerd, and he, I guess he's, you know, early in the relationship with MJ. And she, he's basically saying, like, I can't even stand up to a couple of jocks. Like, why, why, how can you even stand me? And she's like, I've, I didn't fall in love with you because you could put your fist through Flash Thompson's thick skull. I fell in love with you because you could but chose not to. I loved you because your heart was stronger than your fists. And he goes to interrupt her and she says, there's only three words you need to know. I love you. And she takes off her glasses and puts on the Spider-Man cowl for him. She takes off her glasses? And takes off his glasses. She takes off his glasses. Sorry. Yeah, I am Spider-Man now, Peter. You don't have to take responsibility anymore. (laughs) The corpse rises from the coffin like him. Yeah. Yeah. And in the Spider-Man mask, he says, I need you, MJ. She said, I know you do. And when it's time, Peter, we'll see each other again. Because when you love someone as much as we love each other, not even death can keep you apart. But right now, you have powers that no one else does. And that means there are things you have to do that no one else can. Go get them, Tiger. The things she meant to say before she died. And, like, I think this is effective. But I feel yeah. this is repetitive considering you had that go get him, Tiger scene already. No, but this is, like, the um, this is the climax. This is when a corpse isn't saying it, and it's... It's her as a. I know, but that that, that makes it that makes the previous this that's, that previous reveal should have happened here. I think. Oh yeah, you never even had the, we had the conversation about the awkward transition. He could have just been consumed by the guilt, fled, or like lied down in the corpse or in the coffin. If he had this scene and see this, this scene in the coffin. Yeah, and see this. Yeah, this, yeah that would have yeah. been like actually pretty good. Yeah. 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 Well, well, we should have storyboarded <laughs> yeah. for this. It, it's just weird in the middle of him fighting Venom. He's like, oh, I should be alive. Because then the very next panel is just him fighting Venom. Like, there's not even any catharsis from realizing that she yeah. loves him and wanted him yeah. to be Spider-Man. Yeah, the way, the way it was before, it just seems like he was annoyed by the bell. That's why he jumped out of his coffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that is yeah. why he jumped out of the coffin. Yeah, the book. yeah. Also, I want to say that um, when you mentioned this is the best art in the book, this is the first time you're like, oh, people don't have to all be dark gray and yeah. brown. Like, there is a world that is bright. His art looks so yeah. much better with a white background. Like, blue can actually be a color <laughs> yeah. in this world. That's and not... you don't need CGI backgrounds. You need to yeah, have... I, I think this guy can uh, draw art well, or draw yeah. people well. And he does, his action is pretty well. It's just, like, I think every other book we've read is more attractive than this. Except maybe not The Boys. The Boys was like, because <laughs> again, that's like, everything's like, really dark, too. Daryl, the unfunny. <laughs> what? That's, 
<laughs> I feel like every time we talk about the unfunny, it's like I just I rid it from my mind because it's the worst of all possible things. Like I can't talk about something being bad because you have to assume whenever we say anything relating to me being bad, you have to add except for unfunnies as an exception. Yeah, yeah, unfunnies remains just the pit. Because if we were to use Sly's logic, the unfunnies exist, so every other book is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. All right, so he goes back to the fight. Um... He climbs up the building. He's trying to get, like, all the symbiotes that were down on the ground to chase him up the building. And they do. They look so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> they look yeah. like big sumo wrestlers climbing a building. That's the thing. You know, you it, since there are, like, a mushy alien life form, you could have had them, like, all, like, webbing up the building as they went up. But instead... Just, like, combining, yeah. Yeah. And because the building, the building is that CGI, it looks really weird. It looks like they're just, like... Yeah. Well, they are yeah. literally superimposed on this p- image. But it really stands out. And they're all looking, because it's Venom. Venom usually looks naked. So it looks like a bunch of fat, black, naked people climbing <laughs> up a CGI building. And some of them have butt cracks. Yeah, I guess I'm saying. They're naked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do. <laughs> well, yeah, there's highlights on the buns, because those are well pronounced yeah. on Venom. Well, yeah, they're literally colored to have highlighted butts. What a yeah. what? Yeah. Well, that's that's just basic anatomy. Your butt's going to be... <laughs> Shiny. ...going to have a nice <laughs> highlight. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's all these people are watching him. They're all like, I believe because Spider-Man's back and they want to see him fight all these Venoms. Yeah, I, I guess they're going for some kind of like, like, people of Earth lend me your strength. I'm going to spirit bomb Venom yeah. type thing where, <laughs> yeah. where it's like he's up there and everyone is watching and they're like, we give you our strength, Spider-Man. Yeah, you can beat all yeah. these Venoms. And then uh, he starts fighting all the Venoms and he's trying to tell them a joke about two hunters in the woods but he keeps getting interrupted and beat up yeah interrupted by like being slammed into the ground or ripped or whatever he's like getting the shit kicked out of him. i'm not even sure yeah. this joke pertains to anything i don't think it does the joke is just uh a guy with a hunter he's two hunters in the woods and one of them drops to the ground and the guy calls uh, his friend calls 911 and says my friend just dropped to the ground and they're like can you make sure he's dead and the hunter uh shoots his friend saying uh, i think i think that did it yeah, he's like, okay, what now? It's a stupid yeah. joke. Yeah. And then... Sandman shows up, right? He's basically ready to die. And then Sandman shows up. He... Everyone in the story is ready to die. Yeah, wait. Well, it's the thing. It's like, what... I, I couldn't tell, what, like, what uh, Spider-Man's, like, vision for this went, was. Like, I'm going to climb to the top. I'm going to lure them up here. Everyone's going to watch me die. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and he says, like, kill me. He's like, finish it. I've earned this. He says, I'm ready to see her. Well, the story in Day Six Mark, the story established in the Doctor Octopus issue that Day Six Machina is good. <laughs> That's true. I mean, maybe maybe he was thinking if if people saw what no, but it just tells them like if you stand up, you get killed. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Die like me. Bad plot is bad. <laughs> yeah. It's Speaking of good. bad plot, Sandman walks through Peter and gives him his remote dip. All the Suicide Squad bombs from way earlier, he's like, I put them in really important places on this building, so here's the detonator. <laughs> yeah, he put he put all the bodies of the, the Sinner Six, and he gives Peter the detonator, and he's like... They couldn't just get a fucking flamethrower or something? No, he wants them to blow up the building, yeah. blow up Olympus. I also want to point out inconsistency here. Six explosions go off. Scorpion was not in the building. He was out of the window. <laughs> yeah, he was at the bottom. Maybe Sandman found him and dragged him Sandman up. Sandman picked him up, probably. Uh, if you fall from, like, 150 stories, you're not, you don't really have much to pick up. Yeah, do you need to see that picture again? <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. So Sandman lets himself get eaten, basically, and then he's like, now I'm inside them, so... Blow me up. Blow me up, Spidey. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he blows him up. And then he he blows up the building. The last thing Spider-Man says is, uh, for a split second, I see your face. That's a weird. That's a weird choice to have the ultimate sacrifice be done by a character. Like we said, didn't become a character until issue four. I thought here he was going to die here and go yeah. see Mary Jane, which is how it should end. Um, but spoilers, he does not <laughs> die. Somehow this building that's bigger than the Empire State Building uh, explodes and collapses, and Spider-Man jumps off or something like it's a pretty big fall he swings i guess what can you swing up when you're at the highest point yeah, i guess <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> i was gonna say maybe he made a web parachute like in the 60s comics <laughs> i would love it if this book all of a sudden had a web parachute fine whatever there's always an explanation no but he used all his webbing on craven <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. yeah whatever he lives uh, the rain stops and it turns into snow. Well, I actually think this transition's kind of cool. It's all the smoke from the building. So it's all the smoke and you see the kid and the, and J. Jonah Jameson being like, what does this mean? It's second chance. Not the Sandman kid. This is a new... Oh, just some kid. This is one of the kids that was at the church. Yeah. And then the smoke transitions into like snowy clouds and now it's like months later in the winter. Yeah, I like that. And it says, you know, funny thing about winter, it always seems like the end of the world. Lilies won't last long out here. And it's Mary's grave. And then we the the epilogue or like the the final mo- uh, dialogue here is Jada Jonah Jameson on the news now saying the city is no longer safe. He's so ugly. <laughs> Everyone's so ugly. Mass youths have returned to the streets. And it, look, this is his inspirational speech. Muggings, rape, and murder are again around every corner. <laughs> Curfew laws have been abandoned, and people like me are allowed to have a voice again. No, we're not safe. None of us. The super terrorists are loose again. God bless them. <laughs> Yeah, so then someone's getting mugged as this is happening, and then Spider-Man, I guess, ties him up. And then Spider-Man's monologue is like, Lilies don't live through the winter, but a part of them survives. And then when winter finally gives way to spring, the sun that takes seed... Also, the character being dead, and then it's like, snarky thing, I'm actually alive, is also from Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, the sun takes that seed, and a new lily is grown. And he says, he says, I'll see you you one day, MJ, but until then, (laughs) I have responsibilities I have to I have to uh, mention also that um, another rip off that we forgot to mention was that uh, the superheroes being banned in the cities and um, that big feeling of revolution of the mask we've got to overthrow the controlling government and bring back uh, like the rugged individualism it's also again bonkers to me that this in this world you could have such a fucked up system set up that u.s government is already and law have come to a complete stop you have a, a fucking police state in new york city and because the building collapses and the mayor dies you can immediately go back to like a normal life like yeah. a freedom loving city like i well maybe I it just... was like a thing since the venom symbiote was like in charge of everything that as soon as he was gone they're like why do we have a police state again like, do we need this? And only Venom. Venom's the only reason why we have police states, guys. It seemed like no one wanted, <laughs> other than like the bad cops, no one wanted this this system. You have to have some kind of like a uh, computer thing, like that one, that one stupid Justice what was it, Teen Titans it, issue had. Like, you have to do something like that to make this believable to me. Yeah. Can we come up with a divisive issues term? <laughs> That we use, because like fridging is very concise and easy. Can we talk about when it's like po- it's an actual social issue, but not really? When it's topical. No, when 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 they just use magic to explain it away. You mean? Yeah, because uh... like fridging is so simple of a term that we use now all the time. We should have a term for this. It's topical, and then it becomes magical. 
It's magical, not topical. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. That sounds pretty good. I, I'm into that. My concern is when you try to make a catchphrase a catchphrase, it like doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah, you can't force a meme. No, I just mean so we don't have to explain it every time. I mean, I I like it's magical, not topical, but I just I'm I'm scared for its lun- like longevity. It's Kefford Slunt, what you say? It's longevity. It's Slunt. It's it's Slunt. slunt. But I don't want to have to be in 10 episodes being like, like that Teen Titans issue with the computer, I guess. (laughs) All right, so uh, recap page. Um, Actually, I will admit, Phil, you are a little bit right. When we were looking through again, there are more redeeming graces to this, and I was looking through again. I saw more of them, but I also saw more of how much of a ripoff it was. So, so I do think this writer is not uh, hopeless. He he can write well in certain certain key scenes, uh, but this story, the problem is for me, too, it's too much of a ripoff. First of all, it's like of all, it's too much of a ripoff. <laughs> yeah, and also just too much in general. It's just, just too much like Dark Knight, right? Or Dark... <laughs> but it's just too much in general. Like it's just trying to be so depressing, so hard. Yeah, I agree. I honestly, yeah, I think it's a story that tries too hard, but does have some some moments that might not redeem it completely but it does have some things that make it i think like something that i wouldn't put on the level of like nemesis or something like that not at all i think i think like i said earlier um when you when you try for something good and you lack subtlety it can come across like you guys are all saying it it feels like a try hard book most of the time and it feels like the author's like feel this right now and that's never a good feeling when you're reading fiction or absorbing fiction but it doesn't mean that he never he, he never succeeds in making you feel the thing. Yeah, that's fair. Like he he does. I think he can evoke emotion through this through this book. It's just that, and sometimes the it's like he pulls the curtain is is open in the back, and you can see what he's trying to make you do. Like he's what he's trying to make you feel. Yeah, and it's that kind of can ruin it in some parts. In a lot of in a lot of parts. It didn't for me because it was so heavy handed at all time. Like, oh, doesn't this suck that Mary Jane's dead? Instead of, like, giving more, like, loneliness to Peter, it was, like, he's so crazy that he, like, keeps going through all these memories in the middle of fighting. But you never felt, you never felt bad when he's bleeding and crying, hugging Mary Jane's corpse? Because like, you think don't how like... just crazy that is. The Doc Ock dumps her corpse on him, and then afterwards he crawls in a coffin to die alone. I honestly think one of the biggest problems is the pacing of it, because oh, yeah. he spends so much time on things that don't matter... And not enough time on the things that should matter, like, to make the core of it. The corpse of it? Yeah. So much time is spent on, like, here's the media recapping things. Or, like, here's the Sinner Six repeating the plot again and The media again. stuff is, also, is just because Zarkin has trans wannabe. Like... No, I know. But, I mean, like, if he was to fix the pacing of this and rework, like, certain scenes, I think it could actually be, like... Not great, I but worth... Have, I think you have to get rid of Venom. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. It's like yeah. it, the the resolution of the of the story, when you set up for two whole issues, that there's a, a fucked up police state, and then you just say, uh, aliens, and then, like... Uh, I, I, I feel like the, that kind of needs to be gutted to... Well, that's the thing with the Dark Knight. The reason why the Dark Knight Returns works is because it's not him against some supervillain. It's him against the world that exists yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, the Joker's in it. Two-Face is in it. You know, but... Let me write a better uh, villain right now. Imagine if it was, uh, Harry Osborn becomes the mayor, and basically uh, his argument would be that being Spider-Man ruined Peter's life. Ruined, uh, Green Goblin ruined... ruined his dad's life, so now they need to make sure that never happens again. There you go. Yep. There you go. That's all you need. 
And you can even talk about, like, when you're talking about exchanging freedom for security, like, you can do the route of the boys where they're like, supervillains and superheroes obviously are detrimental to society. You could even pull from half of Spider-Man's career of, like, Captain Stacy died, Gene DeWolf died, Gwen Stacy died. Yeah. Like, you can go through a lot of people in Spider-Man's canon that died due to superheroes. Yeah, yeah there's so many good ideas that it, and, like, gold nuggets that were in the book. Like, I really like the idea of Peter grieving over causing Mary Jane's death. Like, that's a, that's an interesting one. It's just not done well. It's it's also, it just keeps coming back to me for that like, whole it's magical, not topical thing, <laughs> where I'm like, you you there are legitimate arguments to be made that security is more important than having every freedom that's given to us in the constitution or something like that. People can make that argument and I disagree with them maybe, but they, they can say like my family died because we didn't have this type of protection. Yeah. It's a platform you can stand on that is being stood on. This book just says like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if we beat up kids and old men and made rape jokes at them. And like, it's just, it's so one dimensional in that aspect that if you went with that, it would have been so much stronger than trying to just be like, it's evil. Yeah. So, to simplify it, are you glad this was written? <laughs> I thought it was really interesting. Yeah? yeah? I agree. I think that it... I'm glad it exists. Me too, I am. <laughs> I think I'm on the, the no side. I did not. I'm on no side, I, I feel like I, I should have just read a better Spider-Man story if I wanted. You go be Dark Knight, should just said. That, that's why I was doing, too. Like, from going from Dark Knight Returns, where I wanted to talk about what I liked with that, to this, it was just like... Oof. Yeah. Could have spent my time better, guys. <laughs> I thought it was interesting to see uh, Peter as an old man and to see his struggle with um, dealing with his his impact on his family because of he was Spider-Man. Yeah, I think it doesn't... It, I wouldn't say it's good. No, me either. <laughs> but I, I think it's definitely interesting, and I think there are a lot of interesting concepts that if you're interested in it, I, I don't think it's like... If you're interested in it, go be Dr. Nash <sighs> again. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to stick to that point. No, but see, my favorite parts of this book are all the MJ stuff. And, like, there isn't any of that in Dark Knight Returns. Aren't there better MJ and Peter stories? Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's the best Spider-Man story. Because does instead, yeah. Yeah, but I I am glad that it exists. When I finished it, I was like, I didn't dislike that too much. I didn't really think it was good, but I was just like... I don't know if I like this segment because it's so easy to just say I want this to exist. Because, like, unless you're Phil, like, a fascist, who wants to censor me. Because every book we read, like, I want to censor this to make sure it doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) I never said that. I said said the writer... The writer... (laughs) Every book we read, you're like, I will allow this. We have to justify everything. Like, Phil, but what about this over this? And you're like, I'll allow it like a fascist. Like, thumbs down, this book is burned. Thumbs up, let's get out to live. Fuck you. We literally host a comic book review podcast. We're allowed to give things thumbs up and thumbs (laughs) down. No, but, like, he's like, I will allow it. I will allow it to live. <laughs> I have never said these books should be banned from existing. They should be I think everything everything should be allowed to be written. The writer should just feel bad for writing such shit. What about unfunny? That's okay. Should that be allowed? Un- like, yes, it should totally be allowed. Well, the writer should feel bad for writing this because he ripped it off another story. He's a ripoff. But he's put his own spin on it. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's the same fucking stories, the same art style, the same everything. Okay, okay I feel like we're just we're driving home our own yeah. points that we've already mentioned. We're allowed to disagree. I'm just I'm making me so mad that you guys don't understand how you, a guy can rip off a guy's art style, his fucking format, his fucking everything, and you guys, it's okay, it's okay. No, fuck it's you fine. I'm on, I'm on your side for the most part. I know, but like, it just makes me mad. That this is this, this is why I got mad when I read it because it's such blatant plagiarism to me. It's just such blatant plagiarism. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's plagiarism. I think there's way more things that are plagiarized out there. Yeah, there. This is like. 
there are so many works of fiction that are very heavily drawn from other But are they work. published by a major company and, 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 and touted as like a recommended reading material? Most of the stories are usually garbage, garbage trash that avoid... I mean, do people do people recommend this? Yes, they do. Frank got recommended it. I got recommended it. By who? <laughs> Barry Anderson? I don't know. It was a long time ago. Uh, it just it surprises me that people would... I mean, if, apparently people recommend Nemesis and stuff. I'm like, I guess people like eating shit, so... Uh, <laughs> like, I guess people have very different opinions than I do. <laughs> I think that there's enough interesting concepts that we talked about it for so long that like I stand by. I think there's a lot. This of is this is the one book I'm the most mad at you guys for. I'm serious. That's okay. okay. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I just make you so mad. No, fuck you guys. Seriously, make you so mad. That's fine. <laughs> I think when it's the a story as iconic as The Dark Knight Returns, you can do homages to this caliber. Yes. The same art style. It's literally the same art style. <laughs> it's it's a bit different. Frank Miller's better. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, it's a shitty art style of the Frank Miller. <laughs> I'm sorry for getting mad, but I'm, I just, it's obviously my issue. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've already made these points. I agree, it's, it's a rebuff, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, those two are okay with it or not. So, <laughs> we talked about this way too long. I can't believe this is the comic we talked about for like two and a half hours. <laughs> I, I, it might be because we were actually split on this as opposed to everything else where we're like, this is trash, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, if you want to write in, it's Divisive Issues, all one word, Twitter, Gmail, Facebook, all that stuff. And if you want to rate and review us, iCloud, iCloud, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. And uh, thanks to Zach for recommending this book. uh, I'm saying thanks, so I'll tell you to go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that's it. So, recommendations. Okay. I'll go first. Uh, I was going to recommend Daredevil End of Days, but I looked back and I already recommended that. So instead, I'm going to do another set-in-the-future kind of grimmer story called uh, Future Imperfect. It's a Hulk story written by Peter David. And it's basically, if the Hulk was super intelligent and decided to take over the world, what would that be like? And it's short. It's only two issues, but it's it's gone down as like one of the definitive hulk stories and it's awesome so read it i agree i was going to recommend well apparently since i'm not allowed to recommend overwatch for heroes coming out of retirement i actually i think the um the idea of like an old man coming back to the action scene reflecting on his life uh story you can watch gran torino very different uh okay no that's awesome uh, very different style and a lot of different themes better I mean, much better. It's a Clint Eastwood movie um, about an old veteran, basically um, coming. I don't want to say coming out of retirement, but kind of, kind of, and dealing with his troubled past. That's all. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, I'm going to recommend 1984. Yeah, that's cool. Good. For a dystopian future, I feel like this is all I'm gonna do now is just recommend classic literature. That's awesome, though. Classic literature is yeah. classic for a reason. Yeah, I should. I'm recommending it to myself. I should read it again. It's been a long time since I read it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna recommend uh, Craven's Last Hunt, Spider-Man Craven's Last Hunt. I recommend the ready. Ryan says we have a law against recommending like, <laughs> stuff twice. I didn't say that. Yeah, you you fascist, you fucking fascist pig. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so um, 
but Craven's last time, Craven's the guy, the hunter guy in the story, and Daryl's was like, oh, this guy's a loser. What, what's the big deal about him? But Craven's last hunt was a story. I recommend it because... Because <laughs> it's great. Yes, yeah, it's, it's great. But it's really, really great. It was written around the same time as Dark Knight Returns. It's written the same uh, heavy narration style, very dark, very gritty style. And it's basically about Craven, the hunter. Uh, he's dying uh, from all the things, all the chemicals he's taken over his life. And basically, he decides, I'm going to do one final hunt. And it's basically about how he's tormented by the image of Spider-Man, how he views him as a monster he has to take down, and how he has to prove he's better than them. And it's basically a very dark, gritty story, and it is my favorite Spider-Man story. Cool. Do you know who my favorite Spider-Man villain is, Sly? Venom? Carnage. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. As a kid, I thought it was so cool, being able to transform your hand into axes and swords. Of course, of course, because as a kid, everyone's like, he's so cool. Yeah, he's all just like, just like Venom here. Venom's obviously an arch nemesis of Spider-Man, guys. He's the guy who'll take over the city and fire web. If I read this when I was like 12, I would have thought that was so cool. I'm like, yes, Venom. He's he's totally the type to make this constitutional and change the court system and get rid of the New York State <laughs> <Yeah>. Assembly. and <laughs> All because he's lonely. Yeah. Okay, guys, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I agree. Thank you for listening to Divisive Issues. I've been an endless pile of dongs. I've been a ripoff. <laughs> I've been a fucking fascist. And I've been Hypno Hustler. <laughs> Stay in continuity. Spider Man, Spider Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like guys. Look out, here comes a Spider Man.